Hey, welcome to the Little Guys. I'm Josh, and today I'm with Josh and Curtis of MomRock. Why don't you guys introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Josh. <laughs> and I'm Curtis. <laughs> and we are, we are half of half Mom Rock. Of Mom Rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how long have you guys been uh, making music? Like, as a band? In general? Oh. oh, in general. I have been writing music... Oh, sorry, I'm out of breath. Um, <laughs> just, just running. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, I, I think I've been making music when, since I was like 13. I, I think I started playing guitar when I was like seven or eight, but I don't really remember starting. I just know I kind of did. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Right, and then, um, so... How'd you guys end up forming Mom Rock? Well, um, so uh, me and Josh uh, came to Berkeley at the same time. Uh, I took a gap year after high school, um, but I think Josh came straight here. Yeah, I came straight here. Um, but yeah, I was in, I was living in, we were living in different dorm buildings. Um, I was, uh, living in the uh, cool kid dorm building. I was going to say he was in the cool kid dorm and building. I don't think Josh was in the not. I think the very not cool was 160. Probably. But, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway. I was in a less cool dorm building. So I went and hung out in the cool kid dorm building <laughs> all the time instead. And uh, I ended up running into Curtis in a jam in the basement. There was just like a ton of people. like A big sweaty room. God knows what. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and we were playing. Uh, we played a bunch of songs, uh, but I think we started playing an Alabama Shake song. Is that what it was, happened? If it was an Alabama Shake song, it would have been "Give Me All Your Love." But mm -hmm. I don't remember what song it was mm -hmm. or any of the songs that we played. But yeah, like me and Josh were like standing next to each other, but I didn't know who he was. I just knew that like he was giving me these sexy eyes, and I yeah, it's <laughs> a cane. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, ever since then, we were kind of like friends and we'd sit kind of friends <laughs> <laughs> sitting at the, at the cab and like, um, anyway, all y'all fill in, I'll fill in. Um, oh, I said a swear. There's You're good. Oh, there's seconds, left. seconds left. Timer. Right, you gotta, you gotta put in the dolphin noise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, I think you cut out during the swear, so I think we're good. Oh, sick. Thank you. Um, spotty Berkeley Wi-Fi. But anyway. <laughs> Um, maybe I'll scooch a little bit closer to the mic. Um, yeah, yeah Josh. Okay, yeah, you so can, you can so I met Curtis in that jam. We sat in the cafe a lot. Uh, I met this kid Wilson who plays drums in my music technology class with this sick professor named Jeff. Um, and Wilson and I were talking about our mutual love for the band Weezer, and I was like, wait a second, I know another guy who has a mutual uh, love for the band Weezer, who happens to be Curtis, who I sit with in the calf now. And there was also this discussion of like... That's the swear timer. We can swear now. All right, fuck you. <laughs> um, okay, so there was this mutual discussion of like seeing all these incredibly talented musicians at Berkeley, but none of them were having... Or not none of them, but the majority of the ones that we'd seen weren't having fun when they played. They were just like playing really intense stuff really technically well, but like bored out of their minds and the yeah, audience they just, was bored. Yeah, they just did not give any 
they, they gave emotion, but it was just very like, yeah, very standstill, just so not. Yeah, that was the discussion that was like, all right, we can we can do better. So we went to a rehearsal room and played My Name is Jonas. Yep. Uh, probably very badly. I think we played. Uh, we played conversation. conversation. Um, and like probably a couple more songs we don't play anymore. But yeah. um, and then we had a different bass player for a few months, and then he decided the band was not for him, so he left. And by happenstance, a tour mate of mine from high school uh, responded to our post asking if anyone like wanted to join and play bass and was like, hey, I go to Northeastern now. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, Tara, come jam. So yeah. Tara came to a rehearsal. And, and it was between her and another bass player. but like, Who was also very sick, like phenomenal. Yeah. But, and when... And when yeah, just when Tara started playing with, she like picked up on it right away. She was in it, and also she's uh, got perfect pitch. So yeah. like, and also like we we didn't necessarily want another four dude band for four white guys in a band. We just need a little bit. We need a little bit of diversity. Right. You need um, your token. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> ouch, ouch. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, Tara it was, it was an amazing fit, and now Wilson and Tara are dating. Yeah, uh, which is I mean, we have a talking head situation. Yeah, we do have a talking head situation, which I love, but we'll probably get into that later. Well, a talking <laughs> um, head situation is better than like a mama's and the papa situation, so you're doing exactly. fine. Exactly, or like a Fleetwood Mac situation, you know. But yeah, right. so Tara was Tara was the last one to add to the lineup in September, like a little over a year and a half ago now. Right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that was it. And so, why the name Mom Rock? Is that just a, a a play on the term dad rock yes <laughs> yes but also um um yeah i we, we were all, all thinking trying to think of band names and i had come up with a couple and mom rock was in the mix but it was more of a joke than a serious thing and yeah it was kind of like oh there's dad rock but there's not like mom rock it's not like a prominent thing that people talk about and i thought that was kind of funny um, so I was like, yeah, oh, what about Mom Rock? And uh, Wilson and our previous bassist loved it. But Josh was like, it's just like too, it's too silly. Like, it's just like not, like, you know, but, it doesn't really fit. But like, after, after some time and some thought, I think it was probably the smartest thing we've ever done because nobody forgets it when we say it. Like, it's so easily remembered. It's such a simple name, yeah. And it's really easy to brand. And nobody already had it on Spotify or Apple Music or anything. Which is a little shocking, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, we definitely got lucky for that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. A big thing I I see with indie uh, bands and indie artists is like their SEO for their naming is not always optimal. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think think by seeking out a pun, you've, you've sidestepped the awkward phase of either having to rename or just dealing with the fact that there's 30 bands that also are called I don't know, like whatever your whatever your band is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and the whole like kind of mom gene, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other like mom. I would dad, soccer mommy. Soccer I would mommy. like to think. Oh, I have a theory right. Now. I have a theory right now that soccer mommy has listened to mom rock because okay. <laughs> the Oshiaga lineup came out last week, and she's also on the playlist or not on the playlist on the lineup. Um, 
and a bunch of people were commenting on the post that there was two mom bands. So I would like to think mm. that Soccer Mommy also saw that and was like, ha ha, that's funny. I have to check that out. Um, fingers crossed. Fingers know. crossed. I want to meet Soccer Mommy. This is how, yeah, this is how you make it, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, also to add on to the, on to the name, uh, we just want to give some love to the moms. Uh, yeah. Dads get a lot of attention, <laughs> I think. Um, I mean, I don't know. Moms get a lot of attention too, but like, it's always good. It's always good to love your mom. You should probably do that. Good thought. <laughs> yeah, good thought. I'll name this. I'll name this episode like "Loving Your Mom" with Mom Rock. Actually, <laughs> probably not. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> 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 um. So, <clears throat> you guys, you guys have been together for almost two years, a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. With this current in the current lineup. in the current half and like. Our first release wasn't until way too late anyways, so yeah. Yeah, right. so, so um, we've been recording artists, if you want to put it that way, for just over a year. Yeah. Okay, uh, in that amount of time, you've garnered almost 29,000 listeners on Spotify a month. Um, what's it like seeing numbers grow that fast? It was... Fucking bonkers. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I had a band back home, and like that was, you know, that was my passion for all of high school. Um, and you know, I mean, yeah, when we released our stuff, like we never got anywhere over, like, I think we're at 400 now, but it definitely was like our stuff. And like, it was like, oh, cool. Like people are clearly listening to it, but not like this. And it was definitely unexpected. Um, especially with just everything. Like there's, there's some really cool moments in it of like, um, or at least the doubt that was in my parents' mind when I was like, yeah, mom and dad, I'm going to music school. <laughs> um, that was dropped a little bit when they saw like how fast it grew. And then also just some of the messages we get of people finding us uh, like through Spotify and stuff like that on their playlists. And like it's in languages that we have to like Google Translate to respond to the message. Um, stuff like that is so cool. Um, yeah like it's it's just unfathomable even some of the numbers on there trying to comprehend how i think the the number this morning was like 126,000 total listeners or something yeah and like 600,000 something streams like i can't count that high so somebody's got a lot of fingers and toes yeah <laughs> and like it was of course it was first like oh like our friends like it like our friends like more than just like it you know they're they're avid listeners but then it was like yeah people we don't know it's just like a whole another level that it's like i couldn't be more grateful for the situation that we're in right now right did it yeah it's, does it help it make the like the mom rock project more of a realistic goal for you to have absolutely. people listening yeah um like before that all of us being at a music school i know at least for myself like the, the number one goal when you get out of here is to be able to pay your loans off without having to pick up a side job unless you really have to. Like, you want to be able to do it entirely based on something with music. Um, and just, like, the thought that we could hop on a tour the second we're, we're done with school and, like, do that full-time is incredible. Like, yeah, that I, I couldn't have, could not have asked for a better thing to happen to me while I was here. Like, that's it. Yeah, I think I think it was definitely something I, I was hoping for too. And 
Cause yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I'm definitely having trouble. Like, obviously it's hard to kind of plan out your life with a band. Cause like, it's so uncertain, you know, we could, we could just stay where we're at right now and, you know, not go any further or keep going or go down. It's like, it's so unpredictable and it's hard to be like going head all in or like have, have this backup plan, have this plan B, you know, but yeah, at the moment, um, I'm, I don't know. I'm in it. I'm trying to be in it to win it and not think about too many of the cons. Cause, uh, yeah, it definitely can weigh on you. Right. Um, do you ever feel like you have to please the people that are listening to you? Like when it, when it comes time to write a new song, it's like, Oh, are they going to like it as much as they liked, um, the, the EP or conversation? Absolutely. There's, yeah. there's a huge pressure, but I think part of it, at least that helps me is like, when I'm writing, there's always this constant like message in the back of my head of like, what's this going to feel like to play live? Like, where's the crowd going to yell that lyric or like, what's the lyric they're going to yell? Uh, where's the sing along part? Like, because it's parts like I only ever wrote a song so I could play it live. So like stuff like that is already in my head and not in a negative way. Um, yeah. So like it's there healthily for me at the moment. Yeah, I definitely love, my thing is I love playing shows and like giving people the show they deserve, giving people the show they want. I mean, you know, in all honesty, it's just like, yeah, okay, this show they deserve was probably the best choice of words. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, my, I think I'm definitely different in my songwriting. I usually write for myself and my, the topics I write about are can for the most part, be personal, but I try to make it as, you know, I make these topics that are, can relate back to myself, relatable to a broad amount of people. And like, I don't know, that's, I think that's what I try to do is I try to make a real song that means something to me that I enjoy and that the band enjoys. Um, and then, yeah. I mean, if the crowd enjoys it, then, I mean, that's just kind of a big bonus for me. True. And I think for the most part, we've been pretty right. And, like, the songs that we like are the ones that tend to do better. Yeah. Um, those that we're passionate about. Especially in the live setting. But, yeah. 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 And you guys have managed to record your song so far in a, kind of, in a way that almost sounds like a performance. Um, was that intentional? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, with conversation, it was a slap together project that was way less intentional, but um, the, that was the first time where we had like even thought of the idea of gang vocals. Like, I don't think we thought to put them in there. Our producer did that. Yeah. Um, and we thought it was so sick. And then I realized I was trying to think what makes conversation tick, like what, what about it? And uh, it feels like a live show. It feels the energy it feels like the energy's there. So like every single song after that, we record tons of tracks of gang vocals. I'd say like at least an hour, an hour and a half in the studio is just doing us like running around in circles with our friends yelling the lyrics. Yeah. And like all of the songs so far have been recorded. Like we start, we don't like kind of pre-record tracks. So our drummer can play to them. Like we record live and then we 
pretty much only take the drum tracks from that. And I, I mean, it's, it's a little thing, but I think it goes a long way um, to get, just immerse ourselves in that, like, the yes, energy. we got to make it the energy. We got to make it sound kind of live and get people into it. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely intentional. It's also like, I always think about it in my guitar tracks. Like you can hear the feedback before I come in with a huge chord. Like I'm not, I cannot edit that out live. Like my pedal is, too crazy um so like putting that in the recording for me makes it feel like a live show and maybe like a lot of people don't pick up on that but i think as a guitar player like you would it would feel a little bit unnatural if some of those like quirks weren't there mm -hmm. or like uh a cymbal hanging over a second too long stuff like that right yeah. well i know for me like you know as i guess the voice for the listener here um it helps to hear that like kind of raw kind of like this is what we sound like when we're playing live sound because when you're you know when you're listening to a lot of small bands you have to you have to accept the reality like you're not going to see a lot of them you know what i mean yeah um, so it does help to get that feeling of like okay not only not only are these guys having fun um this to me sounds real enough to know that this is what they sound like um which is cool another queen's guitarist <laughs> whose name i'm blanking on brian may Yes, he's a quote where he's talking about uh, playing in the spirit of the album instead of uh, trying to play the album when you're on a show, hmm. um, which is something I think you guys are doing while recording, which I think is a contradiction, but either way, it's neat. I'm trying to wrap my head around that real quick. Yeah, I might, I might need to think about it for a little bit, and then I'm going to get back to you. Okay, we'll just keep <laughs> going. Is it, is it like the same thing as like serving the song, not serving yourself like in the... Maybe I don't know. I, I think don't. it's like, um, like I don't know. If let's say they're playing Fat Bottom Girls, like that's not going to be able to like Freddie Mercury's not going to be able to layer over his own voice three times, right? While he's on stage, so the idea is to come together and say like, we liked making this thing, and you guys liked hearing it. Let's experience it together as best we can. Mm. Um, is the idea. I'm not a musician. Mm. So all i got <laughs> I, get, I get what you're saying i think for us the the element that fills it in is the crowd being there and the crowd knowing the lyrics and yelling along and stuff like i don't care how how the vocal sounds on our end if like 80 people in the room are yelling it over us so you can't even like you can't hear the pa anyways like that's way cooler to me than sounding pitch perfect yeah, I I'm definitely not I I'm definitely against squeaky cleanness. It, yeah, it's definitely not my forte. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's like it's like you guys are selling uh, an experience as well as uh, some music to go with it. Yeah, yeah. I would if that I makes would, sense. I I I think the same exact thing because if when you see our live show, when you when you see it, you will see it. I. We're gonna. We'll, we're come, gonna, to, we'll yeah. come to you. <laughs> um, we go. We go all out with the outfits and the makeup and the aesthetic of the show and like everything looking perfect and like the environment being perfect. Especially like the best shows we play aren't necessarily the ones that sound the best. It's just the ones where everyone's having the most fun in the audience. Yeah, um, it, it really is. We're definitely a bit of an audience dependent band. I mean, like, well, when when they're into it, like. We are so much more into it, and regardless, we're into it. But and try and give that impression because we go pretty crazy. But and like, 
There's yeah. bands that are technically way, way better than we are at, at Berkeley, but like we we really try to go the extra step to push it beyond like what the, what the music is, but like how much fun you can have there. Yeah, right. And what do you do uh, if you're playing a venue and the crowd's just like not very reactive? We just we just we try our best those. to keep that. Yeah, I mean, like we just we just keep our same kind of mental state in and. You know, we kind of like, I, I tend to try and kind of focus on the people who look like they're enjoying it. And I kind of, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm doing this for you. Anyone who's not enjoying it can fuck off. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like. It is really tough though, because like, especially with a guitar with a lot of distortion and feedback and stuff, if we're playing and the crowd is not enjoying it, it feels like I'm getting my skin peeled off. Yeah. Uh, just to like be up there and have to go through it. But it would be worse if I was up there getting my skin peeled off and looked like I was having an awful time than if I was getting my skin peeled off and looking like I was having the time of my life, like at yeah. least they'd be like, oh, he's enjoying himself. Yeah. Um, but also like lucky enough for us, a lot of the shows where the audience hasn't been extremely into it, like there's some other up end to it where like we're getting a good check or like <laughs> yeah. somebody's doing so like a free photo shoot for us or something to get another rental car. Yeah. yeah to, get, to get another rental car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, a lot of the time, even I, I perform for myself, like I, it's, it's, it's definitely a, an outlet for me and you know, I don't get to go nuts in everyday life. You can't just kind of jump around and yell, uh, you know, well, you, you can, you would just get kicked out. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an outlet for me, and I love jumping around. I love just yelling the lyrics to the songs. It's yeah, it's it's just something obviously I don't get to do every day. Yeah, and personally, I don't understand the people who like will pay for a ticket to go somewhere where they know there's going to be live music and then not interact. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's. I think it's it's become more of a a social thing, um, and. I mean, obviously, the majority of people will be there to see the artist, but for some people, it's like, oh, my friend invited me, and we're going to get drunk and see the band. Yeah. And, yeah, that person might not give a shit about the band, so they'll just be, like, on their phone, or they'd be trying to talk to their friend, you know? But at the same time, like, that's one of my favorite things is, we like, you can look out in the audience and clearly see who's there because they want to see us and who's there because their friend brought them. And by the end of the show when the entire crowd's into it, except for that one person, that other person just gets like wrapped into it. They're like, Oh my God, this is sick. Like I get it now. Yeah. Like you completely turn them over and you win them over. Mm, right. That's, You're like, got one. That's, yeah. 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 I mean, it's our, it's our job to, you know, grab, grab the stragglers, get them in. <laughs> get them in. <laughs> um, but uh, while we're talking about shows, um, do you guys have tour plans? Indeed, we do. Kind of? <laughs> yeah, okay, so um, we have a couple short runs going on this semester. We're playing, like, uh, Amherst and Bard, and we're playing uh, New York and Philly and a shitload in Boston, um, as usual. And then we will be playing in Canada and Montreal for, the, for Oceaga, which is sick. Um, nice. An international band. How does it feel? <laughs> That was that was crazy in itself. Like I remember yeah. seeing that like email saying you guys got in. That was wild. Yeah. We're hoping to be able to tour a little bit 
around there, maybe like a radio tour or something, because we there's a radius clause, so we can't play like an actual show um, before the festival. But I'm hoping we can play like around there and get more people to our set there. Yeah. And then like also we're hoping like there's some key cities that we have a lot of listeners in that like we haven't been able to make it to yet. Like we really want to play Chicago. We want to play like uh, LA, Houston, Dallas, New York. Well, we're playing New York, Dallas, San Antonio, like on our Spotify, just like the biggest places where we have all these listeners that like we've never been to. Um, I don't know. I've never been to a lot of myself, right. but let alone as a band. So like, hopefully we get to go to all those places real soon. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, how do you go about setting that up? Do you just like try to book as many shows as you can and then just drive to them or? Yeah, we've been, yeah. So we um, have been trying to book some shows in Texas. Um, Let me talk about the short runs real quick because those are easy. Right. With, like Andrew. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So like some of them, like the ones we're playing New Philly and stuff like that, we have friends and other bands that are from those areas and it's really easy for us to, to just hop on a bill with them. And a lot of them have cars. We don't have cars up in Boston because of parking is really expensive. Really bad. Um, so like we'll get a rental car. They'll come pick us up and we'll go play those shows for like a weekend or two. Um, and then the longer runs that we're trying to get. Yeah. You can, you can finish. That. Yeah. I, yeah. So we, we, we uh, have some flights booked. To, uh, to go to Texas over our spring break. And so we have someone who's um, trying to book some shows for us uh, over that kind of two week period um, that we can play. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, literally they'll just reach out and think of all the venues they could possibly think of for each city and just hit them all with emails, hit up local bands uh, um, to try and find out a little bit more info or maybe hop on a bill. Um, but yeah, I we we haven't necessarily set up an actual tour tour before, so um, we definitely don't know have a ton of know how. But uh, I but would yeah. say I would say if there's anyone listening to the podcast that is involved in like <laughs> bands that are uh, at the equivalent level of such as sports team or or the likes, we would love to be an opener on one of those tours. Like we've opened for them, like locally on their their one stops in boston but that would be sick if we got to do like the whole run i would love to do that like sports teams from the uk um and when they played their show in boston on their first u.s tour like we got to open for them uh but like if we got to do that entire run of the u.s tour like on their next come around or like like other bands that are doing that over from the uk to here mm-hmm. like oh that would be sick i would love to do that yeah so do you know just help us out <laughs> <laughs> If that happens because of my show and I don't get like free tickets out of it, I will be pissed. But you know, nothing. All right, fair <laughs> enough. All right, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> on, my like, I think I've talked about on the show before. My dream is to have two guests collaborate on something. I think at that point I can die. That's just. I mean, we we can well, collaborate with Sweet Petunia really. We've easily. collaborated with <laughs> the Rudabakers. The Rudabakers. Uh, the Rudabakers have covered conversation. Yeah, they converse. They cover that song like consistently. Yeah. Really, sadly, um, it is not because of your show. But yeah, well, I I don't I don't think I've talked about that on air either. So you guys and Sweet Petunia and the Rutabagas are the Rutabagas. I'm sorry, all go to the same college, yeah. and I did not know that when I messaged all of you. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, uh, Tavin, 
walked Trump, into Trevin, Trevin, Trevin. I'm so bad with names. I promise I do my research. Uh, but <laughs> Trevin, uh, Trevin walked into the Super Junior episode. Is how I found yeah. that out. Yeah, <laughs> that's classic Trevin. That's that's <laughs> no, like right like it's not even that we just all go to the same school. Like we're all friends. Yeah, we're all we all hang out pretty consistent. Yeah, uh, this isn't the first time it's happened. The first time I messaged people, I was messaging a bunch of uh, comic book artists. And I was talking to one of them. His name is Robert Livingston. He was like, hey, you messaged like three of my friends. And we all got the same email. And I was like, oh, no. Ooh, <laughs> Ouch. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, but it is neat. So if you guys do it again, for marketing reasons, I will say it was because of me. But, you know. Yeah, that's totally cool. Totally cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm only doing it for the clout. So, um, what are some like uh, goals for you guys while you're in the band? Um, like generally, or for like you know the next like year. Let's do the next year, and then we'll go into the future. Okay. Future. Yeah, I mean, like our goals right now. Um, we're trying to record a ton of new music. Um, we've at least got like we're we're thinking two EPs. Yeah this year like very quickly right and like not not the singles at a time like actual eps um so that'll be sick and then same year we'd love to get uh to south by southwest but for 2021 um i mean i think we're trying to also maybe possibly set up some sort of mini tour over the summer like maybe an East Coast thing. Um, I would love to hit farther. West Coast. Yeah. I want to I play California. Yeah. Our plan as of right now is if we can't end up getting any gigs in Texas over our spring break, we'll just move our flights. Thank you, Southwest Airlines. And, <laughs> and go somewhere. Take our, take our business somewhere else. Um, and uh, yeah, try and, try and set up something there. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously our goal is to grow our following even more, and I think that's it's it's a steady a steady inclination as of right now. So yeah, yeah, I think like short term, there's certain venues in Boston, and we'd love to play as openers, um, and certain certain bills we'd really love to get on. Like I I know I really want to play Boston Calling next year. Yeah. Um, after seeing the lineup for this year, like. Like, I think it's very feasible we could get on. Um, yeah, I think the long-term ones are almost easier to think of because, like, there's no finite time. Like, Right. Well, then what's your, what's your like, idealized future? Dude, I want to play Red Rocks. American Tour. Oh. Yeah. I want to play, play Red Rocks as Mom Rock. Me and Tara got to play on our tour, like, when we were in high school. What is Red Rocks? Uh, Red Rocks is the world's only naturally acoustic or naturally occurring perfect acoustic uh amphitheater in the world it's like a canyon yeah it's in colorado up in the mountains and it's this ten thousand seat venue that like literally everyone's played like the beatles played there the rolling stones played there like um it's beautiful like the sound is great and it's just like when you're there it it feels so cool it's such a cool environment and the catering is great. Really good food. <laughs> also the food. Um, so yeah, that's that's um, on my bucket list of like I want to play Red Rocks as Mom Rock. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd definitely love to just do an all North American tour. Um, that would be sick. I would, I would. Yeah, honestly, I mean, would like, be down. 
Yeah, <laughs> I I drove across America with some friends, and like it, it was just such a great experience that like I just wanted. I after we were back, I was like, let's just do it again. Let's just go again. <laughs> um, let's literally just keep driving. I, I I don't know. I I don't know what it is about it, but I have such a great time driving across this goddamn country. Um, the great open yeah, plains. I don't know. I I, I just want to go play for any fan that's in any small city that's listening to us and give them I don't know what 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 they wanted and yeah. I think also yeah. like I would love to headline at Brighton Music Hall or Paradise Rock Club or Sinclair right now and like you might not know those names but those are like those are the big venues in Boston where if you're gonna go see a show of like a touring band that. That's where you're probably going to go see them. Right, yeah. Then, like, all of our friends are there all the time every single weekend seeing bands. Like, to headline there would be crazy. To I me. mean, even to open for someone there would be crazy. Yeah. That's, like, how you know you made it? In a way. In a, it, it would be, like, our own self-gratification way of making it. Like, maybe yeah. not necessarily monetarily, like, millionaires or anything, but, like, just the idea of playing there as the headliner would be. That'd be sick. Yeah, I think that's a good place to stop for a break. Uh, do you guys want to introduce your song, like Bad Radio DJs? Yeah. Um, yeah all, right, all right, all right, all right. So uh, this, are you, <laughs> Curtis is actually cut out. a DJ. Oh, okay. Still a DJ. Curtis, Curtis is the manager of the Berkeley Radio Network, so I'll leave this one to him. Yeah, I don't want to break anything. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> next, next up, uh, we got a track from... Uh, Local, uh, local pop stars. Uh, I hold on, hold on. Local, no. local, um, local legends. Uh, local, no, 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 no. Local no. myths. Uh, local <laughs> degens. Like local degens. Degens from upcountry. Uh, yeah, I'm DJs glad you got the reference. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a song, uh, the second most recent song we released, uh, second last on our EP. Um, called In the In-Between. All one word. <clears throat> I got a one-way love with nicotine and Rika cigarettes. Ashes coat my fingertips and line show from the stress. I got lovers up in Calgary who tell me I'm depressed. And whisper through their hollow lies, it won't be just the best. But I
So we're back. Uh, what would you guys like to say to the people who enjoyed what they just heard? Thank you so much. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll ditto what Curtis said there. Um, okay. I'll oh. double that. I'll double <laughs> that with you should probably go get your hearing checked. Yeah. But also maybe don't because we appreciate your streams. We appreciate. Yeah. Right. Um, so I've only asked this question once before. Um, and I'm kind of still testing out to see if it works. But okay. basically how it goes is uh, the first half of the episode, you've kind of shown a little bit about your personality and also your opinion on how you make music and the way you approach art. So um, people that are listening have been able to form an opinion on you. Um, so when the song is played, that opinion is like solidified. Um, so what would you say to the people who were like, I thought these guys got it, but then I heard their song and now I don't know if they know what they're talking about. Well, that's Josh's song. <laughs> I, yeah, no, no, I, would, I would say, I would say <laughs> one, we're a band with two songwriters and two very different singers. Um, and that personally, I feel the exact same way a lot of the time about like which songs are my favorite. Um, and I would say, go check out something Curtis sings. Okay. Um, now, is that question two? Like harsh, you think or no? Absolutely no, not. That's like, a that's a dope question. And like, also, I think a lot of the bands you're going to talk to have similar insecurities and 
have thought about it before of like what they would say to people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, ideally, everyone likes every guest I bring, but I don't it's know if that's always the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like everyone, it, any, the only the only requirement to be on the show is you're making your own stuff, and I like it. So, uh, yeah. So um, that's saying that you have a shit opinion now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I, I've had people message me. Um, or like my friends will text me and be like, Hey, you should bring this guy on or this girl on. And I'm like, no, I don't really think they'll fit. Which is like my nice way of saying like, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> and they'll be like, bro, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, whoa. Like, <laughs> I'm okay. Um, it's just my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop podcasting. Why don't um, you just start a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we should start a podcast. <laughs> uh, the joke, if, if you get two men in a room for long enough, they'll start a podcast is the joke. Yes, yeah. it is true. Um, yeah, so let's talk about um, you guys' work on this EP. Like, how long did it take you to do it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's that. That's it's, my that's, that's basically the answer. Um, we took okay. a long time. <laughs> okay, uh, so what <laughs> happened was uh, we got, we released Conversation while we were on winter break last year in January. And it started picking up a lot of streams at the end of January. And um, we started having a discussion of, like, how do we capitalize on these streams? Like, what could we be doing to make sure that this stays up and that, like, we can turn this into a career? And the answer was we release more music. Yeah. Um, so we were trying to figure out how to do that really quickly. So we started the conversation of recording an EP at the end of January of 2019. We released the last song of that EP on January 10th yeah. of 2020. So that's yeah. basically a full <laughs> year. Yeah, that's how long it took. Um, yeah, we, we started. Yeah, we were started recording in like February. Uh, I think that's. I think we were started recording in March because we were trying to get a date at the studio. Mm, yeah. We got a really sick studio to do it in, but yeah. uh, it took them forever to get back to us about like a date and. Yeah. studio time so we finally got in we recorded the drums uh we actually Scratch recorded the majority tracks, of tracks vocals we did a lot in that, we did a in lot session, but yeah. it was the process um kind of was mixing process <laughs> quick little side note i say process <laughs> i'm sorry i make fun of him because the word is process Not anyway process. um <laughs> so anyway uh, yeah, it, it, it was a lot of kind of like someone mixing us, you know, getting the mix and being like, oh, let's change this, sending it back, sending it is just ping pong. Like it, it just went back and forth uh, so many times and it took a long time for each song to kind of get done. And very rarely were we in the same room as the person mixing or producing. Which was so awful. It was so painful, yeah. hard to do, would not recommend. Yeah. So um, that's that's kind of one of the main reasons it, it took a long time we also switched we we, we picked uh for the last two uh two different people to mix. uh to mix um and so that was a whole another thing uh it was almost like we just kind of took a break we were like we i can't i can't keep focusing on these songs like we just gotta chill for the summer and come back to it kind of thing so yeah and honestly it was a little painful because like those five songs that were on that ep were like five of the first songs we ever played together as a band. Yeah. And like, while that's cool in its own right, our current set does not include 
a good half of those songs, maybe probably more of them, um, which is really rough for us because like we want to be releasing and, and we want our audience to be listening to the stuff that we want to play live. Yeah. Um, so the fact that it took so long really kind of hurt, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you said you want to do two EPs this year. What are you, what are you bringing from your, what, do you, what did you learn from your first one? Well, that you know so, to take with you. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, um, so uh, one EP is being done by um, the guy who mixed the last song we released. Flinching. Flinching, yeah. slow song. Um, and he's actually, this is his final semester at Berkeley. Um, and in his major, one of the last classes you have to take uh, is basically just a, hey, you've been in this major for a long time and you're probably tired. How about you just go produce and engineer and mix an EP, a three song EP, like the minimum of any band you want. And that's your project. And so- But we're doing a four song. But we're doing a four song because he's amazing. Yeah. Great guy. Or no, five song. Possibly. Possibly. Anyway. um, So yeah, so So that's kind of solidified that one. We know it's going to be done in May. So- that's kind of a done deal for that one. Right. And then the other one, the other one's kind of this intuition gut feeling of a guy that uh, we recorded a song. He He's also the same major music production engineering. Um, and he needed a band to record one song last year for a project. And we really, really loved how he got that song sounding in such yeah. a short, like I think we had probably only two hours of actual recording time in that session. Yeah, it was, I think it was a four-hour um, session. It was a four-hour session, but there was a lot of setup time, and like yeah. we got out early. Um, and the song was just sounding great, and we like vibed with him really, really well. Like, very yeah. nice guy. Um, and just like this gut feeling of, yeah, he can do this, and he's on the same wavelength as us. And he's also a fan, which is a huge uh, like bonus when you're working with people that like enjoy your work. Um, so like, there's this gut feeling that we trust him and we know it's gonna happen and it's gonna sound great because he did that with such, I don't wanna say awful raw materials, but such a short amount of time to get raw materials before. Yeah, he, he really knew, like the thing I love about this guy, um, he knew what he wanted like way before he came in. Um, like, I mean, like running into, running into him on the street and him being like, yeah, we, we you know, we're gonna record the talk. American idiot. We're gonna have like forty. And he's telling me all the mics he's gonna put on the guitar app, and I'm like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about, but you sound like you know what you're talking about. And yeah, he just he was so enthusiastic, and every time we run into him, he's so enthusiastic about getting the next thing done. And he created such a nice atmosphere right when we rocked into like the recording studio, um, just like being chill, putting on some tunes. Like it just made me feel so comfortable and so at home to like kind of have fun, but also get these songs sounding awesome and live and energetic. And right, yeah. I think the question was what we learned from the last one that makes us think we can do these two. Oh, true. Yeah. We, we totally. We totally yeah. What do you, yeah. What do you, what do you bring with you this go around? Um, um, I think quick responses, uh, quick responses on mixes is, is a huge thing, but also yeah. being in the same room as the person mixing and producing. Yeah. Um, because it's, so hard to say like if we're like hey can you turn the guitar down here well how much yeah um so then that could be like two more weeks until we get it to the right level where it's only like a 30 second adjustment if we're in that same room yeah 
Um, we definitely want to, you know, like obviously we're trying to pick people who are passionate about what we're doing and who are just super enthusiastic. Like they're they're getting in contact with us, vice like unlike vice versa. And also people that are overtly like outwardly passionate about us specifically. Like they come to our shows, they really like our music, and they like they picked us. We didn't go pick them. Yeah. Um, makes a huge difference because it, like it shows how much they care into making this project sound good. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can, you can go and pick, you know, Steve Albini and be like, yeah, he recorded Nirvana and, and the Pixies and be like, yeah, that's, oh man, I can't wait. But like, you know, you're not going to get the same product as you would with someone who reaches out to you like, oh, I love your music. And I just, I'd love the chance to record you guys. Um, yeah. It's just not the same thing. And I think also like we learned a lot about how we record and how fast we can record if we know the songs like in and out, like we know all the layers of the guitars we need to track. We've rehearsed to a click. Um, like we've adjusted to find the perfect key for the song. We've played it live. So we know the moments where we want the gang vocals in mm -hmm. instead of like having to do all of it 27 times, we can do it in like two or three takes. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the next question is why do two like four or five track EPs when you could just do one like 10 track album? We've had this discussion, but I think Josh has the answer. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple. There's a couple answers from my end. The first one is people's attention spans, and uh, same answer as before when we were talking about doing the singles as the EP and turning it into a playlist. Where like people are going to pick their one favorite song from that release to add to all their playlists. They're going to pick the one favorite song to show all their friends. Um, and then on top of that, doing it as two EPs, we can release. Uh, a lead single and then the EP and then a second lead single and the second EP. And that gives us four opportunities for playlisting or for playlisting on Spotify because you can only have one song submitted at a time for playlisting on Spotify. Um, so like we'll, we'll have four songs up for playlisting instead of one or two. And then on top of that, uh, like a new release coming out bumps up like release radar plays and stuff like that like it, it gets us more traffic to our pages um especially like right before we play oshiaga that'll be a huge factor in getting people to our set when we're playing at like probably 1 p.m 2 p.m at a festival that goes till midnight yeah right. also just the entire you know i mean not it, it's the same process you know, you're recording an ep you're recording an album like yeah, it's you're recording songs, but of course, when you're recording the album, it's going to take longer to release all that stuff. And we want to get our music, even if it's in chunks, out sooner. So rather people than, know it when we play. Exactly, it. even if it's even if it's only half of what we would put on an album. Say, I would say it also gives us a little bit more creative freedom to make the two EPs sound different. Whereas, like, if it was all one album. There would have not have to be, but there would probably be this pressure to make one congruent sound throughout the album. Where with the two EPs, we can like because it's two completely different people producing yeah. and engineering them. Um, like they're probably going to sound quite a bit different, and I think that's that's kind of sick. Yeah, and we'll have like more understanding of our preference after that of what we want and what to ask for, stuff like that. Right. Um, it seems like you guys have a. Um like solid approach <clears throat> as to how to appease the Spotify algorithm. That's a very good thing to have. 
I tell a lot of indie creators like you got to if you want if you want to do numbers, you have to know like what the uh, what the whatever provider you're using wants. Yeah, and it's not always the milestones, um, which is just how it is. Um, but it is good to hear that you guys are approaching it. Not, I guess, business like would be the closest term I could think of. No, I mean, yeah, I think- it, it's what we are. I mean, for band, you you have to be a business. Like, it's it's just that's end of the end of the day. It sucks to say, but yeah. Also, if you want to go from the artist perspective, like this is the first thing that came to mind for me because at the end of it, like I'm an artist first, is that a debut album is a big statement to make. Yeah. And we don't have the resources behind us. Like we don't have a big promotion. We don't have a big promotion company. We don't have a big label, like any of that to push the album for us. Like I feel like the debut album should be such a huge, like you're pulling out like, a nuclear weapon. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it's got to be a big thing, um, and all the songs got to be. So I want to, I want to save that until like we whip it out, and there's like it's undeniable that like that's that's a huge thing. Like even with like Imagine Dragons, they released the Radioactive EP before I think Night Visions is the album, something like that. Um, and Radioactive is on that EP, but it was also the lead single from the next album afterwards. And that propelled their entire career, like into yeah. tours and stuff. Well, yeah, because like you said, to release an album is to say you're worth the attention of like 30, 30 minutes to like even an hour and a half in some yeah. cases. Yeah, That's a bold statement to make. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I think we're a fifteen minute band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think the way that we listen to music now, especially now that you can just buy a single or stream a single will have bands doing what you guys are doing now more often. I think you're ahead of the curve in a way. Yeah, I also, like, just thinking about it now, like, I feel like there might be a merging of, like, the term EP and the term album. Like, it, it's just a little annoying to have to kind of be like, oh, yeah, we're releasing an EP. Because there's a, there's a certain kind of ideology artists and people have around that rather than oh releasing an album you know it, it i think that it's just kind of it, it it's just a little ridiculous to me and i think that you know there there shouldn't be this stigma around this band's releasing an album this band releasing an ep like how about this band right. just releasing something like they're releasing a collection of songs like who cares how long it is like these are the songs they want you to listen to and you know, we don't really need to categorize it, but I don't know. Just my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I've got two questions to ask everyone before we uh, end the episode. The mm-hmm. first one is, if you could go back in time to when you first started making music, what would you tell yourself? Don't fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> I might say I might say I'm going to retweet what he said. Um, but I'll, I'll think of something real quick here. Give me a sec. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I'm half joking, but uh, there is kind of a side of seriousness. I mean, it's, it's you, when you choose to do, when you choose this path, um, yeah, you got to know that it's going to be difficult. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, I think, I, think I got mine. Uh, well, hold, on, hold on one second. I'd like to, I'd like to, Focus on what you just said for a second. Do you think you're 
missing out on some sort of like uh, success or happiness because you went after a music career? Uh, no, I wouldn't put it that way. Stability. I, yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, I'm not I like like if it's music school. No, I'm not, not going to ever regret that. If it's trying to pursue music as my main like way of income and stuff like that, like yeah, of course. I mean, it's obviously hard to know. It's hard. it's hard to know, and of course, I have doubts all every day. You know, like going to school. It's like ugh, like. God, I'm doing this again. Like, what am I? I don't even know what's gonna happen. You know, when of course, if you go on jobs.com, it's like, <laughs> oh, I can just get a job. Like, it's, yeah, it's so easy to that are getting engineering degrees or like a medical degree or something or a teaching degree that can easily just walk out into a job. Yeah. Um, and and be a little bit like intimidated or scared that oh, I should have done the same thing. But at the same time, the risk reward. Like it's a it's a lottery. Like we could we could hit it big. We might yeah. not, but there's always the chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see that. Sorry to cut you off, Josh. What were you going to say? Um, okay. So for me, like if I could go back, I would I would tell myself not to be afraid of being the only person in the room taking what you're doing seriously. Because like the number of the number of situations I've been in musically where. I want everything to sound so professional and on top of it and perfect um, versus like everyone else in the room. Yeah, they're having, they're trying to have a good time. Like it's not a career for them. Like they're just trying to, it's a hobby and like, there's nothing wrong with it being a hobby, but like when you're in a room full of people that are hobbyist musicians and you're trying to be a professional, sometimes people take that the wrong way. Or like you're trying to be better than them or you're being rude about stuff. When in reality, you're just trying to push it to be as perfect, as good, as high quality as it can be. And like the difference between hobbyists and professionals is very rarely talent. It's literally just how hard they work and the dedication. Just mindset. The mind entirely. It's the mindset. Um, yeah, and, I, I feel the exact same way. Like about um, you know my band back home. Like when we were recording and stuff. Like I was. I mean, I was at the forefront of it in rehearsals. I was the leader and stuff, but the others, it was more of a hobby for them. It always was, but it wasn't something we never really discussed. And so I was always like, yeah, I'm taking it seriously. And I'm, you know, I want to go on tour and all this stuff. But yeah, it's it, it definitely can be a downer when when the people around you kind of aren't taking it the way you want. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very frustrating when you're not on the same page. But like, if I could tell myself from that young age that like, there's going to be people like that, don't worry about it, you'll get there. And you'll find the people that are on the same page as you, especially after getting into a school as incredible as Berkeley is like, um, yeah, so that's, that's what I would tell myself. Right. Um, <laughs> so the next question is, I have a lot of artists listen to the show. Do you have any advice for them? I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be given no condescending advice, no unsolicited I mean, advice. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Curtis <laughs> on that. The only thing I would say is like, always ask yourself, are you having fun in what you're doing? Like, what's, what's the benefit in what you're doing? What are you, what are you looking to get out of it? And just make sure that you're always there for the right reasons. Yeah. I mean, just honestly, if, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, get the hell out of there. If you're not enjoying the people you're working with, ditch them. Like there's other people, there's other people that might see eye to eye or close to what you want to do. And 
you got to seek out those people more than just the people who are around you. Also, don't be afraid to give new shit a shot because, like, I know, at least when I was in high school, I barely ever wrote a song. They were all so bad. You'd have to pay me so much money to play anything of that now. But <laughs> when I got to Berkeley and I was, like, surrounded by all these songwriters and I was on all these open mics and I tried my hand at it, like, way more, like, I found my groove and I found where I fit in as a writer and I'm, I have my confidence as a writer now. Um, like you can do that with literally any element of being an artist, like just practice it. Don't be intimidated by all the people doing really insanely good things. Like understand that it might not be great for a minute, but you have to put your effort forward and like believe that you can be like, don't just accept that you're not. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good spot to call the episode. So where can we find you guys online? You can find us. You can find us. On Instagram at MomRock Official, on Twitter at MomRock Official, on Facebook at MomRock Official, on YouTube at MomRock Official, <laughs> on Spotify at MomRock, on Apple Music at MomRock, on Deezer at MomRock, on Napster at MomRock. I don't, I don't know if there's anything. Yeah, Napster. There's, there's a lot of streaming platforms out there that I don't know the name of. I'm sorry. Yeah, wherever you listen to music, we're there. Uh, other than Bandcamp, uh, we still have yet to make a Bandcamp. I'm sorry. We made a TikTok. We did uh, make a TikTok. On TikTok, <laughs> at MomRock TikTok. Not that we have posted anything. We'll get there. We're getting on it. Hopefully by the time this is released. We're not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> Just telling you now before you go. Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JWFreeman underscore. And you can follow the show on Twitter at TheLittleGuys3. I think I'm on every podcasting platform. And if I'm on one that you can rate it, Please do so, and please share it with your friends. I really love the attention. Um, guys, thank you for coming on. <clears throat> I, hey. If I didn't have guests, I wouldn't have a show. Aww. So, yeah, it's very cool to talk to people that are also cool. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we love – I, I love talking about myself. Yeah. We, so it's, it's definitely been a pleasure. We had way more fun in Classroom 202 of the 136 Mass Ave building than I've ever had before in Classroom 202 of the 136 the Mass Ave building. Oh, that's going right to my ego. <laughs> <laughs>